Welcome to the Flying Baton, the magical land of beginning band. Coming to you from the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, your host, Charlie Nesmith. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This episode is a little longer than normal, so if your app supports it, you can jump around using our built-in chapter markers. Just swipe up on Apple Podcasts or left in Pocket Cast and Overcast, and you can access these chapter markers. Let's get started. Karen Doyle has been the band and choir director for Lilburn Downing Middle School in Lexington, Virginia for the past 26 years. She's in her 31st year of teaching. She is an active judge and a guest conductor across Virginia. She has also served as a junked oboe instructor for Washington and Lee University. She resides in Lexington with her husband, Bob, and their two children, Keeley and Austin. Mindy Hooker has been the band director for Bath County Schools for the past 25 years. She teaches grades 5 through 12. The BCHS band performed alongside the JMU Marching Royal Dukes and Virginia Tech's Marching Virginians at the 2016 VMA Conference. In 2018, she was voted the District 5 Director of the Year. Mindy's been happily married for 20 years to her husband, Jimmy, and has two teenage sons, Ty and Luke. For a full bio of our guest, please check the show notes. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We have with us Ms. Karen Doyle and Mindy Hooker. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, so today we're, we're talking all about uh, small schools, and that could mean some different things. So that could either mean a school with just a low number of total students or a band program that has less students than, say, like your average band program. Uh, and you guys have very, very different teaching situations. So if we could start with Karen, just tell us um, what's the area that you teach like, like the community, and what are the students like at the school that you teach at? Oh, I teach in uh, at Lilburn Downing Middle School in Lexington, Virginia, and it's a really small school. Actually, we have a weird school system. Um, our school system only has two schools, so it has an elementary school and a middle school, and then we pay Rockridge County to take our high school students, so it's kind of unusual. Um, there's uh, anywhere from 160 to 180 students at my school. Um, we actually have a, a pretty big percentage of people who pay tuition to come to our school. Um, from the local area, like the county or Buena Vista. Um, we tend to have quite a bit of VMI and WNL professor kids, but um, we do have a, a significant uh, poverty uh, dynamic at, in, in Lexington, and it's growing as we go. So it's kind of interesting. We have a lot of have a bunch and a lot of definitely have not. So that's been a little interesting in our light of our current situation, um, a lot of loaned out Chromebooks and things like that. Mm. Um, so I'll have anywhere from 70 to 90 kids in the band. And this year there were 82. So with 160 students. Is there an, an industry in your town that is pretty prevalent or is it just the colleges or? It's pretty much just the colleges. Okay. Um, there is some industry in Buena Vista, Buena Vista but that doesn't really imp- impact a lot of the students in my school. It's got a neat community to it, too, because the kids are just, I just, I, we have wonderful kids. And, you know, they're, they're the kind of kids that if you say, I'm calling your mom, there's terror in their eyes. <laughs> um, so, you know, at least I have that. And it's just, we have a, an incredible sense of community and we work so well together as a faculty, too. So I never have felt like I am a special or not important to the curriculum. I'm included in every every aspect of the school. And um, so that's that's kind of something I've been spoiled by for the last 26 years there. Um, so I've been teaching for 31. 
Awesome. And Mindy, how about your school division? What's that like? So I'm with Bath County Schools, and they're located in Hot Springs, Virginia, on top of a mountain with it's very rural. Uh, the only industry is the Homestead Resort, uh, and it is huge and employs uh, about 800 people, not just from Bath County, but the surrounding areas as well. Um, down the hill, down the mountain um, is uh, West Vaco Paper Mill. A lot of people work there. But um, that that's pretty much it as far as industry and, and where people work. Uh, much like Karen, there's a very diverse um, group of students. The high school is is very small. There are less than, well, there's about 200 people total, grades 8 through 12. Then there are two elementary schools, no middle school. We just can't, um, we can't field one and, and the place where to put it because the, the county is so vast and so large land-wise that nobody wants their, their kid on a school bus. If you were to make one of the schools a middle school, then a kindergartner is going to have to ride like two hours on the school bus, right? So um, so we do have two elementaries, K to 7, and then the high school, 8 through 12. We do have students that uh, their parents, I have taught French pastry chef's kids, and I have taught, you know, Swiss ski instructor's kids, Um and, and then I have taught kids who are very much at, at a poverty level and very much struggling um, to provide on a daily basis. Um, like Karen mentioned now, it's, it's even more prevalent. Uh, the homestead did close, so um, none of those people have their jobs. Um, we served, oh my gosh, somewhere like 30,000 meals um, to, to kids in the last um, few weeks or you know, months since we've been off. But that's the dynamic of, of the area. So it, it's very vast. Um, as far as the band program, we have 75 kids. We've had up to 93. There were about 330 kids in the school when I started 25 years ago. And now there's 200. Mm-hmm. So it's been a drop. There's not a lot of places for people to work. Um, and when kids go away, they don't really come back unless, you know, they got a higher up position at the, at the resort or something. Um but we have over 40% or about 40% of the school in the band. So um, so this question is for both of you, but we can we can start, Mindy, since mm-hmm. you were just talking about your school. What was the program like when you first got the job there, and how has it changed since you've been there? When I first got the job um, in 1995, there were about 15 kids in the band. Um, they had had a director for about 20 years, and then... He left, and then there was a director there for about two years, and then that's when I came in. So the program just kind of fell apart, I think. Um, when I got the job, they said, oh, there's about 40 kids in the band. <laughs> and there <laughs> were not 40 kids in the band. Um, <laughs> so I had this show that I had borrowed from um, my old band director, and, and – um, I couldn't. I had to rewrite everything, of course, because I just had a few kids. And I was calling kids who had ever been in band and in their high school, anything, and begging kids to be in band. And um, so the first couple of years, we just we just worked on recruiting and, and building. So 15 to at our height, we probably had about 93 when numbers are a little higher. Right now we have 75, 76. Okay. I actually replaced a band director, uh, Jerry Keene, uh, who was uh, – there for 27 years. Um, so she had a very successful program. Um, so it was really neat just kind of hopping into her shoes and taking over from there. Um, it 
it was just a, a matter of uh, putting my stamp on it. Um, and uh, that's what's been kind of fun is, you know, like I said, I've been there for a while and um, just building a sense of community and continuity has been kind of the fun thing. And she actually uh, came up to me at the last graduation and said, thank you for taking my program to the next level, which meant a lot to me because um, I admired her greatly as a kid. And she was definitely one of those people that I looked up to um, as uh, someone to to uh, emulate, because um, I can't even imagine it's uh, being a, a band direct, a female band director back then when it was so dominated, male dominated. Um, now the diversity is a lot different, and I think we're all a lot more open to things. So yeah. she just she was an amazing educator, and it was it was really at first it was a little intimidating, but I was like, I, I, my husband is such a great support system, and he's like, you know, just be you. That's all that matters. And I was like, yeah. So that's what I did. <laughs> and you teach classes outside of band, is that correct? Um, kind of. Um, I always end up. I've done worn many hats. Um, with the small school system. I mean, our faculty is probably fifteen. Um, so I have done things like I was a math paraprofessional because actually math is one of my loves too. Um, and I, I've been facilitating for about three years. I was facilitating an online course where they took a computer course online. Ugh, I hated every minute of it. Uh, the kids didn't like it either. I mean, it's kind of like read something, answer questions. That's you know about as boring as you can get. So I, tried, I ended up uh, mixing it up a little bit for them, doing other things too, giving them a break from the screen. But next year we're uh, actually adding more we're actually we didn't haven't had an eighth grade exploratory, so we're kind of combining the seventh and eighth grade and offering more things. So I'm going to be doing a music exploratory class, and then the following year I'm going to do the basics of cooking. <laughs> uh, that we just uh, awesome. we were Sweet. we ran they ran out of money this year because of what had happened. They were going to put in a little kitchen for me to teach like a few kids at a time. So my, most of the time I've been like a math paraprofessional. But I also teach early bird classes, so that's where I get a lot of kids who really want to do more than just take band class. So I have uh, two days of beginning band for kids to try a new instrument, or we actually start in fifth grade, so they can take beginning band there. And then I do jazz band two days a week, and then we have a chorus um, on Friday. So, yeah, I'm one of those those interesting music teachers who, who do both. Gotcha. Minnie, do you teach outside of band? No. Uh, not really. I teach grades five through twelve, so I'm the middle. I'm the only band director for the county. So I go to three schools. Um, I begin in fifth grade. Uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh are at both elementaries, and then of course eight through twelve at the high school. So I start each morning at a different elementary school, and I'm at the high school every day. So there's not really any time to do any much else. I do. Um, I am the, I just in, in the fall received my um, master's in administration. So I'm the, the, um, I'm the admin designee at the high school. So when, when I need to step in there for that, um, that, that happens often since we don't have any assistant principals or anything like that. Mm. We just have a principal. So um, sometimes that, that takes place. But I also teach an eighth grade class that we've done as an exploratory before. Um, it's taken a lot of forms over the years. So sometimes mm. it's a study skills class. Sometimes it's a 
intro to high school because we don't have a middle school. So it's a really big jump from seventh grade to eighth grade. That's a, that's a tough jump for our kids, not just academically, but socially. You know, you have eighth graders that are around seniors and doing homecoming and all those kinds of activities <laughs> that, you know, are really foreign to them um, and are exciting but overwhelming. So I do a lot of, I spend a lot of time just with eighth graders. I do teach just a separate eighth grade class. I fought really hard to get my own band class with just eighth graders. So my eighth graders actually have me twice a day. Um, They have me for an exploratory band class or a beginning band class. And then at the end of the day, they have the full band class. It took a lot to get that, and especially with the curriculum at the high school now. Um, But I have a lot of support at the high school. And the way I look at it is, you know, all the schools in our area get about 45 minutes a day of band. And I get about 40 minutes every other day at the middle school. So they don't get nearly the fundamental base that that the schools and, and the, you know, the other schools that you know, they are competing against and area band and district mm-hmm. band and things like that. So this eighth grade year is like my catch up time because then they have to just be in marching band, <laughs> you know, as eighth graders. <laughs> they have to go from playing fairly easy music to marching and memorizing and, and you know, being a high schooler. When really in Virginia, they're a middle schooler. So I take that eighth grade class and have... um have learned to just put the fundamentals in there, make sure that they're all reading and make sure that they're all counting and all those things that I, you know, didn't get to do. So, so you've both been at your school for about 25 years. Yeah. That's great. So, so here's my question. So you're both very well respected in our district and you probably could have left your school at any point in time for a quote, bigger gig or whatever. What, what is something that you, like value so much about your position that has kept you there for so long? I just love my school. I mean, it's just got such a great sense of family and um, everybody works together so well. And I'm from Rockbridge County. I mean, Lexington is where I wanted to be. I married a VMI grad, so he was very open to coming. So it's just a great place to raise a family and I can still be as creative as I want to. That's one of the reasons I love middle schools because, you know, they just open to anything. And um, just a superintendent and assistant superintendent who are very supportive of the arts and want us to be and consider us an important part of the curriculum. So mm-hmm. the, the fact that I feel valued very much so, and I just love the community. Um, and, you know, it's my roots. My family's been there since... 18 something or other, actually before then, the 1700s, but we won't go there. There's a lot of history there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the main, the main reason is I just love, I just love the area and it's a special little school. Anybody who's been there at any time just kind of realizes that we're just kind of a little anomaly in, in the education world. You know, there's not, we have people come in and evaluate us and they'll be like, well, we don't know what to compare you to because there's just no other school like it. Mm. It's pretty. Spe- it's just a special place. That's why I love it so much. Well, for me, um, I just took the first job that I was offered out of JMU because I had to pay the bills and pay my loans back. And I was like, I can do anything for a year. Um, so my, I, you know, I, I came from the D.C. area, uh, Maryland, actually, just outside the D.C. line. And I thought going to James Madison was like in the farm country. So living in Bath County is nothing that I had planned on. Um, very far from what I had had planned on. Um, 
but I just kind of threw myself into the job um, the first year, and I got it's, it was such a small, little, close knit band that I got to know the band parents really well. Um, and they set me up on this blind date, and um, I met my husband. So <laughs> I actually married into the community, um, but never would have thought that I would have um, been there um, that long, 25 years. So it, uh, a lot like what Karen said, it's a great place to raise a family. Um, you know, until this year, we actually, for the first time, really experienced a teacher shortage. Um at the elementary school and had to combine one or two classes. But, you know, all the time my kids were going through school, it was, you know, 12 or 13 to 1, you know. So it was very small classes, um, very a lot of one-on-one help. Um, they are very supportive of me as a family. Now, I had to fight for that. Um, and that's part of the reason I've stayed, too. Um, I was raising a family, and you kind of get lost in that, and you're just you're just holding your own, you know? You're like, where did the last 10 years go? Um, but I, and as I sat in a grad school class last year, and there's all these young kids, and I thought, what have I been doing for 20 years? You know, where these guys are in class. But I was building my program and raising my kids, and I kind of— almost shut off like the the rest I was so devoted to the program and 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 fighting for that program so much and it is a family program I did I have not gone on a single um, spring trip without my kids whether they were six months old or 10 years old um, they have been to New York and Myrtle Beach and all over the place um, I've been through some school boards where I had to fight for that um, mm. but my kids also saw that we had a family unit, and that family unit was a part of this this band program. So as we built over the years, um, we built it together, and my husband also is incredibly supportive. Um, he's a trailer driver and at all the games, and my mom came and was at band camp when I was nursing my kids. And, um, you know, I figured out that I need to have people from outside come in and help and expose the kids um, to, to things outside of the county. But for a long time, I just, uh, I just worked on building my program and fighting for my program and, and people started to really believe in it. And then I had a pretty good thing going. My kids are in high school now. Once my kids were in fifth grade, I'm, I'm teaching my own kids. So they're really going everywhere because it's their kids and their program. Um, they're both in high school now, eighth grade and 11th grade. So they are in, in my program as, and as are all their friends. And it's a great place to raise kids. It's, you know, it's a great environment, you know, the hiking and the outdoors and all that good stuff. So... Yeah. And it went really fast. I mean, I don't know about for you, but it I feel like yeah. I feel like it went really fast. It's not like I um that first year I thought for sure I was gonna put applications and, and I was looking at um Manassas. I had an interview at a school there and um I just decided to give it one more year and that turned into twenty five. <laughs> So on the flip side, what are some things that you guys think are particularly challenging at being at a school division that doesn't have a lot of kids in it? I think it's trying to figure out how you can share kids because they're into everything. And I know it's even more so, Mindy, for you guys in Bath County. But, you know, my, that's one of the reasons I teach an Earl Bird class is because the kids had so many after-school activities. And there was a, 
an interest in doing jazz band. And a lot of them are like, why can't we have a chorus and, and that kind of thing. So that's why it kind of evolved that way. Um, and so I think, you know, trying to get them to buy into it um, and, you know, realizing that they can do it, they can be it, do it all. And I'm, I'm the mom of two college athletes actually that played or in my band through middle school. And one, my daughter even played all through high school that you can, you know, ex- explore all your interests and not, um, you know, not give up on it just because you feel the pressure from one or the other. So I do a lot of talking to coaches, um, <laughs> especially in the springtime when it's getting close to spring concert. And I have a lot of eighth graders who will play JV sports. So I'm like, I'm real good friends with the athletic director at the high school. And they're like, hey, please don't schedule any, con- do you have any uh, games? When's the tournament? Can I put my spring concert here? Um and, uh, you know, ta- talking over the basketball season was running around our winter concert. So I'd be I'm friends with the basketball coaches. Hey, you know, make sure. Hey, remember, we have a concert, but make sure you let them out. So they're not stinky sitting in there having a concert. <laughs> um, so it's definitely making sure that you, you know, advocate for your program because nobody else is going to do it for you. Um, and making sure you're making friends with the people that will help you out, school secretary, janitor, mm-hmm. you know, all those people are important to your programs. And um, plus just being kind to everybody. They remember, everybody remembers a little kindness and they're more willing to help you out when you come asking for stuff. So I would agree with that. The kids are in everything. That is the hardest part for us is scheduling. Um, our kids are a jack of all trades, master of none sometimes. Um but man, can they juggle by the time they go to high school. <laughs> they really learn to balance. Um, I would say 85 to 90% of my kids are athletes um, at the high school. And of course, all the middle schoolers play rec league ball. Um, so when you are planning a concert, when you're planning anything, um, I do my I do my two major concerts, um, winter and spring, um, everybody, fifth grade through 12th grade. I want my fifth graders to see where they're going to be. I want their parents to hear where they're going to be. Um, and I want them to develop that hunger for high school band. Um, so I, I do it all together. But that means I have asked the rec department. I've talked to the local churches. I've talked to the, you know, the, every, everyone, all the, all the coaches, you know, that, that is something that I think if you don't take the time and you just, you don't like confrontation in a small school, you're going to fail. There's, it's, it's yeah. just not going to work. Um, you have to be willing to sit down with a football coach and say, when are you going to practice? Um, because I have football players and the band, I have cheerleaders, I have volleyball players, I have cross country runners. We don't practice after school except on Fridays. There are not many bands in the country that are marching bands, competitive marching bands that do that. So we take a week in the summer. I do it the week before all the sports start, and they know that is Mindy's week, and that is when she's going to do I mean, it's practically in the middle of July, but that's when we do it. Um, and then I work out for rehearsals between then and when school starts. Um, they have to be in band. You know, that's one thing. There's one band at the school. So you're not in concert band or marching band or this band. It, it is one band, and we do everything in there. Where that's where, you know, if we're going to have a jazz band, you know, we do do some after-school stuff for some of that stuff. But but for the most part, you know, rehearsals are Fridays after school. I have talked to all the coaches. And sometimes volleyball alternates weeks, but I've got them on Fridays after school. That's my day. Um, and then I have them in class each day. 
but we have to get our work done. Time is extremely valuable because I, I have, you know, all the, you know, even the academic bowl kids, everybody, you know, so it, it's everybody really um, working together. I have definitely the backing of the community and they understand sometimes that I just have to say no, you know, my kids are playing in a sport that day. So we can't be in that community event, but we will be in this one. You know, they, they understand and, um, it, I, I don't want you to think that that came easily. That came after many, many years of showing them why and, and letting people know why. I, I remember one year we did not do the Clifton Forge Christmas Parade. And that came out in the paper, oh, the this band was too lazy to come down here. I was playing at a state championship football game. That's why we couldn't be in it. So that was very early in my career. Um, but I've learned to really advocate um, and very important. The bus, I'm closer to the bus drivers and the janitors in the school than I am anyone, anywhere else. You know, they're on speed dial and, and same, same back and forth. So, yeah. I think one of my, uh, I think actually my first introduction to your program was the late Bob Moody, had sent out a video of your band to every director in the district. But the video he sent out, uh, it just really struck me. It was one of your halftime shows. And you had tons of kids with, like, football uniforms and cheerleading uniforms, which really amazed me for the football kids because, like, they just played two quarters. And now they're going to, instead of resting, you know, they're out here doing a show. And it, it just I've just never seen anything like that before. It, it almost brings me to tears on, on Friday nights um, because these kids come off. They don't even think about it. They just come straight to me. We set their stuff in a certain place. There are Several of them are, were this year percussionists and uh, my uh, battery percussion. So they had to take their pads off. You, know, you can't put a carrier on with, with pads on. If I had one that played timpani one year in the front ensemble, so he just could leave everything <laughs> and play. But most of the guys, I'm helping them get it off so I know where all the buckles are. I know, you know, and, and we just, we, it happens really quickly and then at the end I always hug them and say we're behind you get out there guys you know and I sit in fear the whole time who is at the bottom of that pile of kids <laughs> is it my bass drummer <laughs> you know um and I, that is a conversation we have a lot. You know, I had I had my lead snare one time. They had just waxed the gym floor, and she was a, the captain of the volleyball team. And she slipped and tore ACL at the first practice because it was just super slick floor. So I had to re- replace this kid, and it was really tough. So we talk about things like that all the time, how to protect yourself and all the other things that you're doing so that you can continue to do all of this stuff. Because if all of our kids don't do everything, we don't have teams. We didn't have a JV football team this year. And it's happening all over the country. There's a possibility we couldn't have a football team if we don't have kids coming out to play. But our kids really have to be three-sport athletes, you know, for for the most part. A lot of our kids are, so. Yeah, Yeah, and that's that's something, um, you know, you've, here I, I deal with all the time with with my eighth graders especially um i think at least 50 percent of every high school jv team comes from my eighth grade band mm-hmm. you know so there's like a lot of juggling you know concert dates and everything it's just like okay how do we how do we make this work because my first year here I, I wasn't aware of that uh because where i came from everyone just kind of like specialized in one thing and in a smaller school that's that's not the case you know and and i didn't realize this so i was planning concerts and stuff you know we we had a situation where our winter concert was at the same day as some big volleyball game and I was like, um, you know, if I if I tell my kids you have to come to my concert, then they have to yep. forfeit the game. So we either need to reschedule the concert or I need to be OK with six kids being missing. 
And I, I never did that again. I was like, okay, I, I know where to look now for these dates. I know who to talk to, to like try to figure this out and like make sure. That's why we do all our concerts on Sunday. There's no games mm-hmm. on Sunday. We, so, we do our spring on Sunday as yeah. well. When I have to be really careful because we actually have uh, several dance um, studios that do big spring recitals. And um, my winter concert, they had dress rehearsals. So I've had kids come in full costume and full dance makeup in their leotards and play their concert and then jet out the door to go to do their dress <laughs> rehearsal. And I'm, I'm like, I have like the emails of all the heads of the dance studio. So I'm like, okay, when's your recital? So I don't, you know, they, they're really good uh, about, you know, making it work. But I did, at one point, there was a, a new head of one of the dance studios and she, they scheduled it after I'd done my concert. And one of the band moms stood up to her and said, look, this is part of their class. You can't do this. You can't require them. They're, they're sitting around. Just you know, figure it out. And so she figured out how to stage the dances they were in after, mm. um, after that. So we've got a lot of chatting back and forth with. Uh, so it's not just it's not just in school stuff. It's community oh, events. Yeah. And too. I think it's critical that you um, when you you develop a program so that you um, you arm your parents with with that fight in them too i think that's really important that's what's happened in our community too um is that people now stand up and go wait a minute we have we have this and she already asked and you already said it was good so now you can't change it so they they will fight even little things like um like they're going to do um, lifeguard training that day or whatever, you know, and in our tiny community, there's one day, that's it, <laughs> or you don't get to be a lifeguard, you know. So little things like that. But I was going to say that one of the biggest things that is I, I have to keep reiterating to my kids is that when we do go and perform and we have to compete against a 3-4-A band, um, because that's our band size, even though, you know, we've got a, we've got a ton of eighth graders and um, – we don't audition and things like that. But they, I, I tried to, we did we did Bands of America this year for the first time. And I said, so this band that won, let me tell you, this is what those kids do. Let me tell you their rehearsal schedule, you know, <laughs> compared to our <laughs> rehearsal schedule. Let me tell you what day, you know, hours they work. And, and so I want them to take that with a grain of salt when they go and do that, that we can do all of these things, but know that, that's how, you know, that's who you're competing against and the hours of rehearsal that you're competing against. We did this year for the first time do, I do banners for my kids that hang outside, for my seniors that hang outside the band room um, for the whole school to see. They walk by it every day because it goes to the gym and everything. Um, but I didn't just do in them with their instrument or them with their sticks or I did them with everything they do in the school. Oh, so awesome. they had a really you know, they had a soccer ball or they had their dance shoes or they had, you know, whatever it was. So it showed how versatile these kids were mm. um, and how well they learned to balance. I don't get a lot of kids that complain and go, oh, I just came from my two-a-day football practice and now I have band practice tonight because that was all during the day. They just do it. And we make provisions for that. We make sure that there's snacks and there's this because they're starving, you know. So you have to think ahead about those things that are happening. Yeah. Um, do you guys feel any pressure from your administration to keep numbers at a certain level? Um, no, not really. I mean, you know, if there's a if there's a year where a lot of kids don't stay in, then we have a conversation. But mm-hmm. um I don't know about you, Mindy, but I'm always like tweaking things and trying to uh, to 
figure out, okay, so I, I often will reach out to the kids that don't continue and go, hey, you know, was there something that could have been different, you know, and I, I respond to that and tweak, you know, tweak what I do. I mean, I, I've been teaching for a long time, but I don't know everything. And I, I feel, feel like you're not a true educator if you aren't educating yourself hmm. and trying to make yourself better at all the time. Because if they, if the kids see you, they see you with a hunger to learn and to, and to get better, then they, they will just respond in, in, in such positive manner and just, they'll jump on your wagon big time if they know you were invested in them and being better yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's the super important thing. Don't, you know, if you'd asked me when I'm a JMU grad too, by the way, um, and if you'd asked me when I got a JMU, if at this point in my career, I'd be like, I would, I'd, I would have told you I have it all figured out. It'll be smooth sailing. Nah, you know, <laughs> there were not really cell phones that you could hold in your hand when I graduated from college. So, uh, you know, things change and it's important to adapt with that. But so far, they've not, I've been through a few principles and they all are like, well, you want the kids in there that want to be in there. So, mm. you know, if a kid really doesn't want to do it, then we'll let them go. He goes, you, you're good. You'll make it happen. And I was like, okay. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, no, not, not a huge amount of pressure. I don't know about you. No, actually, it's more work for them because so many kids are in the band <laughs> at the high school. Um, scheduling is is a nightmare um, in a small school. That is oh, yeah, the for sure. most difficult thing is is scheduling. I feel very sorry for my guidance counselor. But if I didn't have the support of the principal and the guidance counselor, band goes in the schedule first. Mm-hmm. So they plug in band, the 10th period. They plug in the 8th grade group, and then they let everything else fall. Um, there are a lot of things that lock us in. Um, I have to be there in the afternoons, which the elementary, I'm sure, don't appreciate that I start the day of the 5th, 6th, and 7th graders. You know, they start with band, which is great for me, but um, probably not so great for, um, for, for the academic teachers. Um, but we have governor school kids, um, and, and they are not on campus. They go down to the local community college, so they're gone in the mornings. So the afternoon has to have band. The afternoon has to have, um, you know, 11 and 12 English, AS English classes. It has to have the government class because those seniors that are gone have to take that. So we are very locked in to where we, where we can put, put kids. So scheduling um, is a nightmare. I, I don't have anyone saying, oh, my gosh, are your numbers going down? I don't feel that pressure that I think a lot of people, maybe from Northern Virginia or, or some other places, feel, oh, my gosh, did you get a, did you go to, oh, I would still say festival, but assessment. Um, nobody says you have to go. Um, or worse and, yet, you have to get a certain score. Right. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't or, ever get that. you know, how come you didn't go to this competition or how come you didn't go here? They have given me... Um, a lot of um, anonymity. I can, I can travel. I can, you know, I, I can as long as I can back it up on on why I think this is important. Um, they have seen the success. They have seen what the kids are doing that are in the band program and how I'm following them up academically and things like that. That I have a great deal of support right now. Wasn't always like that. Mm. You know, it it took a long time for for that that process to happen. What does fundraising look like in the communities that you guys live in? We're not allowed to fundraise. Really? Uh, yeah. So the only thing we can fundraise, we we sponsor a school dance. And you'd think that wouldn't raise a lot of money, but ugh, it 
it's pretty crazy. I, I've we've made anywhere from seven hundred to twelve hundred dollars at a two hour dance. Wow. Um, so it's all about uh, spinning it to get more kids there and having lots of different activities that cost money. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it's it's interesting because. You know, I basically I ask for what I need. I don't even have a budget. I was talking to one of my other band director friends, like, "What kind of budget do you have?" And I said, "I don't know." Um, I just basically ask for what I think we need, and and I'm very conservative about it. So they know when I ask, it's something I really need. Or I'll walk mm-hmm. in with the broken instrument in my hand and go, "I gotta buy a new euphonium." Mm-hmm. <laughs> See this falling apart. Um, so the, it's actually system wide. There's no fundraising, which we they kind of the PTAs are pretty active. We have a really active PTA that will fund. So if I have a student in need, then um, they they will help me out. Um, there are some some local churches that will um, step in and help out if we need to. But they've been really good about providing instruments we need and whatever else we need. Um, that dance money goes for our King's Dominion trip to try to make the the price a little cheaper for the kids. So mm-hmm. that's that's the only right. I'm actually I hate fundraising, so it's <laughs> it's a good I was thing. Say, it sounds lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, there are times where you know I'm jealous of people who are given a set amount, and then you can actually dream and think of things, and you know, we kind of. You have a five-year plan of when to replace things, but you know I've, we're not hurting and we're fine. And I get we get what we need. I guess that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bath, I started out with a bigger budget when I started teaching twenty-five years ago than I have now, um, as far as what's allotted to me by the school. And it's it. it I'm not saying it's the school's fault in any way. Um, the composite index, I don't know how familiar you are with that, but the composite index for Bath County uh, is 2.0. So we, the the local government has to pay 80% of our education, you know, of, of the school's education. So, and um, the federal government or the state government only covers 20%. Um, if you were to go to Harrisonburg, I think they're about 4.3. Um, so that means... They only have to, you know, they have to cover much less than than we do. So, and the way that is figured out, it's a big mess. But a lot of people have second homes in Bath County, uh, the Homestead Resort, uh, things like that. They assume there is the assumption that uh, there is more wealth in the county than there actually is, and when we've got sixty percent free and reduced lunch. Um, that doesn't equate with with that composite index, but nevertheless, our local government has to fund eighty percent. So that means that we were level funded for a hundred years. You know, we've, it's always been you're level funded. We're level funded. Um, so. I have a band booster organization that um, over the years has worked incredibly hard. Um, we have the Bath County Arts Association that has donated to my program every year. Um, and we have been, I mean, we've worked very, very diligently, but we have a lot of support. It is difficult. We are only allowed to have two fundraisers per group in the school because the school is so small. The community is so small. So they just keep getting inundated and inundated and inundated. Um, So like the band can officially do two things where the kids go, hey, will you buy something? The boosters can do other things. Like they can host a car wash and that's okay. You know, that doesn't really count into the two. If the boosters and its parent run do a golf tournament at the homestead um, and we get a deal doing that, then 
you know, that we don't have to count either if the boosters are raising that. Like when we did a, we needed $80,000 for uniforms. It's a lot of money. I thought it would take mm-hmm. us about three years to get there. We did it in one year, um, and it was incredible. So they've done a lot recently. Uh, in the last two years, I found out uh, that we were left money in a will, and I did not know the person. Um, it's uh, by the name of Louise Colley Welcher. I have been scraping by for 24 years and, you know, playing with one fiberglass sousaphone. I waited 22 years and finally got a nice silver sousaphone. But those two together sound really not good. Um, (laughs) But you just, that's what you have. And so that's what you, you know, you you compete with. Um, But then I found out we were, it, it just said, Something in the will, like whatever's left over after everything is out, 50% goes to the high school and then 25% each to the elementary schools for band, for the the band and uh, music program. So um, it was $800,000. Wow. It was just crazy. So so lucky. (laughs) uh, it, It was. I just didn't even believe it because when something's too good to be true, you know, it's it's not going to happen. So it was in probate for years, and I didn't see any of it. And uh, we did recently create a board of directors. Um, I selected um, five or four, four or five people that are former. I didn't want anyone that was currently in the program, um, but band parents um, from various places in the in the community so that they, everyone has representation. Um, we just spent our first $37,000. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, we are we are going to, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work creating bylaws and um, creating spending allocations and creating investment allocations. Um, it's been it's been a great deal of work, and I want, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. Everybody's in their position forever. Um, but the next person that come in, it comes in is not going to have to work nearly as hard as I have for the mm. last 25 years. Um, we're setting up rotations. Uh, we're not just going to spend a bunch of money. We're not going to take everybody to Disney World one time, and psh, that's $85,000. You know, <laughs> we, can't, we can't do something like that, but we can make sure that every kid that needs an instrument has a a good instrument, not just one that I have pieced together from all the parts that I found in the back of the band room. <laughs> um, we bought a, a thing of starter, a group of starter instruments, and that, you know, we can have the equipment that that we need to um, just be, a, just right now, I'm just trying to get to the baseline. You know, let's, I've never bought a new marimba. I've never bought a new vibraphone. I've always just bought, you know, secondhand stuff because that's all we could ever do, which has worked beautifully for the program. But if we can do more, that's great. Um, but we also want this money to last and grow for 40, 50, 60 years, you know, however long it, 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 it can last because, the way the the budgets are working in the county, it's is very difficult to get any more money, you know, mm-hmm. and things are always costing more. So as I said, my budget had gone down and my school system has been fantastic. This is to supplant, not, you know, I, I mean, it, it is, it is, I'm not losing money from my budget because I have access to this money. My budget money is going to stay the same. Because we're funding the program. We can't, you know, buy every piece of music and every piece of music out of this. So um, getting that underway is going to be um, interesting. But yeah. what a windfall. And and for the for someone, and, and her reasoning was um, she'd always wanted to be in the band. 
So. And she wasn't in band. She was not. Wow. And oh, wow. she had no children in the band. And she, I mean, I've never met this person ever. Um, wow. So it was pretty incredible. Well, I think that'll be a huge blessing going into this next year, especially. Mm-hmm. We've already mm-hmm. uh, received word from the superintendent uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, look, we're, you know, our income is going to be very low with, you know, so many people being laid off in the community. And they're like, we're, we're not really sure what that means budget wise, but it's probably going to be a pretty big hit. So mm-hmm. just know that ahead of time. And, you know, the first thing I thought of is you know, I worked for five years to get some sort of budget for my band program. And last year they finally gave us like a pretty substantial amount like on a, like that would would have been yearly. Because, um, you know, we we have like, you know, nine tuba players and we had four tubas and it's like, well, I, I guess, you know, I've been I've been literally driving tubas to back and forth to kids houses for the last several weeks mm-hmm. just to make sure everybody can practice. And and people know. don't really understand how much a tuba costs. I oh, mean, yeah. when you, it's not <laughs> no. like you can just tell yeah. the kid to go buy a tuba. Right, you know, right. and, no, you can't even rent one. I don't think. No, no they won't <laughs> let you rent one at all. Um, so, in, and we, we finally got this budget increase to to just buy instruments and replace instruments that are thirty years old. And you know, and and the first thing I thought of when the superintendent told, told me that I was like, oh, it's probably gone now, or at least gone temporarily. And I was like, okay, I just need to like mentally prepare. Like, what is this going to look like for us? Like, how can we make do with, with what we have right now? So I think there's probably a lot of people who are going to be in that boat um, mm-hmm. where their their budget is frozen or gone or on hold or, you know, until we figure out what the economic impact of this crazy, crazy time right. is going to actually And look things like. like, you know, being able to pay, you know, I always had, you know, a handful, maybe even 10 kids that couldn't pay for band camp or couldn't pay for the whole thing. And it's $150, which doesn't seem terrible for a week at camp, you know, Sunday mm-hmm. through Thursday. Um, but the fact is they, I can never charge more than that, even though that doesn't cover what we're, we're doing. But I, you know, for all these years, I haven't been able to ever charge more than that because people just can't pay it. But very few people are going to be able to pay it. This concludes part one. Join us next time for part two, where we dive into much more practical tips for those that teach at small schools. Thanks for joining us on the Flying Baton. Remember, may your tone be dark and your humor light.